This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. Hey everybody, Raylan Casper White here. This week's episode of X-Ray sponsored by Not So Happy Ending Massages in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Not So Happy Ending provides you with a great massage followed by a mediocre handjob administrated by any of the highly qualified yet chronically depressed staff. If you're looking for some release but feel guilty enjoying it too much, go to Not So Happy Endings Massage in Bay Ridge that will make your wife's manual skills seem like the best thing since gluten-free Pop-Tarts. Okay, let's start the show. Raylan Casper White here. I am super excited to be back in the studio for another festive week of X-Ray. I have a fascinating guest. And again, handsome, I have to tell you, I, I will admit... I do bring my guests in according to physical uh, attractability, uh, just hoping that maybe something of fruitfulness will come out of our sessions. Israel, and that's his name, okay? He's not like a rep, he's not the consular general of Israel. His name is Israel. Uh, Ir- Ehrenstein? Yep. Ehren, like, Ir- like, but it's I-R-E-N. Right. Stein. Right. Which is what, stain? Like, what does stain mean? It means stone. Oh, it means stone. Yeah. Is that for Poland or what? Probably. Probably. Going back to Poland. When all else fails, it's Polish, right? Exactly. Okay. Who knows where it's before that? Maybe German or something. Who knows? Okay. I don't know. I don't know enough about um, the roots of, do you know what I mean? Like, did, did the Norse people end up in Poland or did people from Cambodia, you know what I mean? Where did it begin? I have no idea. Okay. Well, great. Well, good. Um, but you are Jewish and your story is especially fascinating to me uh, because I saw... Uh, that documentary, One of Us, uh, which is about Orthodox Jews that uh, that lived like an ultra-Orthodox lifestyle and then left, right? They're like, right. fuck this, we're out, uh, which is not as easy. It's easier said than done, right? You can't just leave and say, I'm moving four blocks east, leave no, me alone. No, it's, <laughs> it's a tight-knit community. Oh, yeah. Okay. So can you give me just a brief—I know you probably talked about this a million times, but pretend it's the first time, especially for our listeners who may not have even met someone Jewish before. Uh, tell me your story in brief. Like, if it's getting too long and I'm snoozing off, I'll, I'll alert you, okay? All right. I'll try to make it as short as possible. Well, with- no. I mean, obviously, we have to fill in time. So there you, you go. Can, I want yeah. to give you the beef. I'll pepper you with, uh, with questions about details. So, yeah, what happened to you? So I grew up in a very ultra-Orthodox uh, religious community. Okay. So think about— you know, wearing uh, black fedoras and black coats year-round and right. living with total separation, male and female, and with uh, rules that date back hundreds and maybe more years. Okay. And this is the um, the, the, pay- the payas? The payas. The, the beards. The payas, the beards. Hasidic. Hasidic, yeah. Okay. So is everybody with a black hat considered Hasidic? Most of them. Some of them are considered, I think, Lithuanians, Haredim. Okay. So Haredim will be the more of the umbrella term. Hasidic is maybe one notch more extreme. And what does Haredim mean? The literal translation is the those who are afraid. Oh, and interesting. And it refers to being afraid of God. Okay, so it's a fear of God. So they're just blatantly outright open about it. It's oh, yeah. about fear of God. Yeah. Okay. Because I, you know, I, we'll talk. I'll we'll talk about my opinions about religion in a moment because that's really what's more interesting. But so you were in this. What was the sect called? Ger. 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 Or in in, in Israel they call it Gur. Gur. Okay. And here why in America, did they, why did they rebel and call themselves Ger if the Israelis called them Gur? Well, Gur is more like Hebrewized, and Ger is more Yiddishized. Okay. And the original town in Poland was called Gura Kalavaria. Oh, that sounds nice. Actually, and, like a nice place. Yeah. That, that sounds like almost like Italian. You know what I mean? Well, I guess so. like, but without the pot, I guess without the pot, with kielbasa. 
Exactly. Yeah, I'm not a fan of kielbasa. I'm not a big fan fan of Polish cuisine. I'm sorry. The more Eastern you go, I'm like, okay, guys, let's kick it kick it over to the tapas. You know what I mean? And the fusilli. I don't the do well with good the, too. See, no, I find that depressing. But whatever, that's just me. I have like a more of a Mediterranean feel. I like my feta cheese. I like my go. goat my goat milk's feta cheese, which I get um, can't at, blame you at the high end grocery store when I can find one. Uh, so you're with part of this Gorgair people that are afraid of God. And you were born into it, right? Right. And this is this is where this is in Brooklyn. I was born in Israel, actually, okay. in a town called Bnei Brak, which is very similar to what Borough Park and Williamsburg, the religious side. Okay. In, in Brooklyn, is it's very similar, but on the other side of the pond. Yeah. Right. I, right. Right. I was there until I was about eight or nine years old, and then moved to Borough Park, which is the mecca of Haredim here in uh, Mecca's America. ironic cuz that's that's the Muslim haven. Well, that that's that's Muslims kind of nail that term in, you know what I mean? You want somewhere great, you say Mecca, you're like, "See guys, we're bringing in the religion. Come and bring over to Islam. There you it's go. a Mecca." But um <laughs> but let me ask you a question. Why would if if Israel's the homeland of the Jewish people, why would the ultra orthodox Jews be leaving to go to Borough Park and hang out with, you know, Dominicans? Like what's that about? Well, I, it's going back to the World War II, so some people were able to flee Poland and, and that area to Israel. Some people were able to flee it to the U.S. Right. And then, you know, very few here and there trickle and move nowadays. Most people nowadays, whether they're, if they're there, they're there. If they're, if they're here, they're here. But this was after the war, right? You left, your family left Israel after the war. Right. When I was eight years old, it was a little bit after the I'm war. I'm hoping because you look a, very young unless you had uh, work done. Exactly. So why would your, why'd your parents leave? They're like, no. It was a business. My, oh, my, my a dad business went, okay. went to, to uh, New York for a business venture. Okay. And it was planned and executed for five years. You, you, you wanted to go for five years and, and then we go went back. back after five oh, years. Oh, okay. So it was a temporary thing. It wasn't like, fuck the homeland, we're going to uh Right. It was a five-year venture. Which for most people ends up being a lifetime venture, but not for him. Not for my parents. My parents moved back. However, they did not move back to Bnei Brak. Okay. They took it one notch further and moved into uh, Geula in Jerusalem. Oh, and that's even a more ultra orthodox. Oh yeah. Oh, I can get even deeper and deeper. Well, if you if you basically walk two minutes from where my parents live today, which is still the same apartment, then you go to Miasherim. That's like the Holy Grail. That's if you drive. I heard if you drive around there on the Sabbath, they they will like. Oh, you won't be able to get there with a car on a Sabbath. Okay, but if you don't... walk there and you're not, you're not dressed, modestly completely dressed. modest, right. you'll get dirty diapers thrown at you. Really? Yeah, dirty it's not diapers? Even, yeah, that, that's that's a given. It's not even like a maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So stay out of that neighborhood. You know, it seems like a nice festive way of saying, you know what, respect our beliefs and stay out of our neighborhood. Yeah, but you could still walk around the neighborhood. You just have to dress modest. Modern. Okay, and, you know what? I respect that. I respect uh, that. I would take you on a tour there if we're both in Jerusalem at the same time. You'll probably enjoy it. It's fascinating. I, I love being modest. You know what I mean? I'll bear my butt if I have to. But if people say don't bear your butt, I'm willing to put a scarf, a pashmina over it. That's you know what it. I mean? Well, I, it might take a bit more than that for them. But well, okay. I'm willing to work with them. Look, I, I'm all for respecting other people's religions. I, people that are angry at other religions, I think it's bullshit. You know what I mean? People are modest and just respect that and, and keep your keep your tits in. You know what I there mean? I go. think it's a simple That's thing. That's too easy to do. Well, well, you know, not for <laughs> me, but I, I work, will work at it. So um, are there some ultra-Orthodox Jews? I heard that they wear black because they're in mourning because Israel should not have become a state until the Messiah gets here. And that the fact that Israel became a state before the Messiah arrived means it's not it's not legitimate. Does, does, have you heard that? 
So I've heard the second part. I've never heard that that's why they wear black. Okay. I think they wear black because this is back in the day. And, and that's okay. how people were, and they just don't like to change anything, and they keep it that way. There is a small sect, not my sect. My sect okay. is very active, uh, um, borderline Zionist. Okay. Uh, but the the there are some sects here in America, the Satmar, right. uh, Karta, these okay. people. They are against the um, Zionist. Part of the, the real reason is because the Zionist movement back in the days, going back was to... Was not a religious movement. Exactly. It was actually strongly against religion. They would right. take Jewish people who were religious and, and transfer them into... Them. Secularize them. Okay. So, so that's where it comes from. And then the reasoning comes later. You know? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, look, but it's it's amazing how even within one religion, there's so, there's so many splintered beliefs. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, we're all... The, the, all the Jews here are all for one God. But then they're arguing over everything else, right? Yeah, that, that's fascinating about religion. Everyone thinks, like, my religion is, is true and it's 100% sure. But then when Cut you start two. splitting it, you know, however you're going to split it, it's always going to be split into 10. Like, you go into every sect, and right. then once you start digging in, there's, like, 10 different beliefs within that sect. And do, does each sect have, like, a guru, like the Lubavitcher guy? Or, oh, yeah. Okay, who was your guru? Well, there's the, Rob, the Gera Rebbe. Oh, the Gera Rebbe. The Gera Rebbe, his name right now, I believe, is Rabbi Yaakov Alter. Okay, you're asking me. It's like I, you're asking I'm, me. I'm just, yeah, you know, it is. Yaakov Alter, of course it is. That's the name. I know, that's know him name. well. I'm named after his Jake. Jake uncle. Alter. You're, oh, you're yeah. named after his uncle. That's yeah. cool. I was going to ask, where'd you get your name from? But it seems kind of obvious. There you go. Um, well, everyone who was born after that rabbi died was named Israel. So all my friends, all my cousins, everyone I know is named Israel. Yeah, now, they're just all like, in um, there, so nobody knows them. Do you have like 94 siblings? I only have, I'm one of seven. Okay, well, that's kind of a small, by, by uh, yeah, orthodox we were, standards. Yeah, we were a small family. How old was your mom when she had the first kid? Most probably 20, but I, I'm... That's I, not bad. I, yeah. I was 20 when I had, I had two kids right about age 20. There you go. So people are like, oh, whatever. But I, you know, look, I'm, as you know, I'm a baby maker, and right. I have babies for people. Right. Um, and so I, I'm kind of, I can relate. I can relate to having, you know what I mean, your hoo-ha spout out numerous offspring. Um, I don't probably take care of them as dedicated as, as in the Jewish community. You know what I mean? I kind of make them independent really early on. Well, they have a lot of help because right, by the time siblings. the oldest one is already right. seven, she's already half mom. She's breastfeeding. Oh, that's oh, yeah. wrong. I'm sorry. That came out really inappropriate. <laughs> sorry about that. Anybody who's afraid of any child-appropriate content. So, okay. So you're growing up in this. Now, you are, you're not in the public school system. You're doing it at a yeshiva, oh, right? Yeah. Yeshiva. Now, do you learn just the Judaic studies or do you do like calculus and, and, and the history calculus. of the uh, whatever Native American history at the same time? Well, no, no, no. Uh, you basically stick to religious studies. They give you a few minutes here and there with some real basic. Okay. So, you know, I'm 41 years old. Given my age and given my, you know, how I integrated into life, at this point, my secular education is probably officially equivalent of a third grader. Are you being extreme? No. Okay. Do you harbor resentment towards the movement a bit and that, that comes out sometimes? Because I'm smelling a little bit of like fucking hell. You know, at this point, it's much less resentment. It's more about I care for the people who are still there. Okay. And I wish that it wasn't like that where tens of thousands of children right here in New York are not getting any secular education. Right, Or right. if they're getting, they're getting at such minimal uh, level that it's embarrassing and it's very sad. Um, it's sad for their own Well, I got growth. to tell you, there are people that are in the secular system that are getting a third grade education. So it's not just, you know what I mean? It's like the education system in this country is for shit. Well, I mean, this is a whole nother level, though. This is a whole okay. other, This is people who grow up and, and just do not do any secular studies. All they study is things that were relevant 
hundreds or maybe thousands of years ago. But obviously high level of literacy, you're doing the Hebrew or the Aramaic or the Yiddish or what? It depends. I mean, there's so many yeshivas and so many different... So their main goal is to learn for the sake of learning. It's right. not... When, I, when I say for the sake of learning, is right. not... when. In the secular world, if I say learn for the sake of learning, it's for, for to learn something. Okay. But when we grew up, it was learning for God. So you could, as far as they're concerned, you could read the same piece of, of, of paper 200 times, 300 times, all day long. You're doing well because you're... Learning is similar to praying. It's a very, uh, that's interesting. very similar. Because I guess from my experience, and maybe it's maybe just the, in that particular sect, right? Because that's your experience. But right. I, I mean, there are a lot of amazing scholars and writers and thinkers that come out, obviously the tradition, not to mention, Isra- you know, but I guess Israelis are different. Israelis are much more secular than people think. The ones that end up going and getting their postgraduate degree, you know what I mean? And creating all these amazing fucking startups and all oh, that shit. Oh, amazing. I'm not talking about... Uh, uh, Jewish people in general. I'm talking about Hasidic. Okay. So, so it's this specific. is not even religious. This is, you know, several hundred thousand of people mostly concentrated in the and U.S. And what about all the guys that work at like B&H Photo and all those guys? Yeah, they probably don't have education at all. But they're good at their, they can recommend a good camera. Most of the people who actually recommend the camera are not um, from not that Hasidic? sect. They're not oh, Hasidic. If you okay. walk in there, the ba- the people who do a lot of the back-end work are going to be people who who grew up in that community and don't have that education. Interesting. Is that the same thing in Israel? Yeah, very similar. Very similar. Because I know that they, I also watched another program, because I am you know, I try and get well-versed before I talk to, you know, people, that in Israel, they're funded by the government and they can stay in that yeshiva environment. But here they got to get a fucking job if they want to support themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, different in that regard, right? You got to get out. And are women allowed to work? Allowed is a, is a, is a strong word because it's very, it's, it depends. Very individual. It's okay. very depends. It's, it's you go into subsects of every sect and and if, by families and by traditions. Uh, but generally speaking, yeah, women are not only allowed to work, but they're also encouraged to work and support the husbands who could just sit there at their oh, so it's that and just way. Study. Yeah. Oh, okay. So women are supporting the dudes who are reading the same page. Exactly. Okay. Or so, maybe some other pages. All right. But. So tell me. All right. So you grew up. How old? I'm going to jump right in. How old were you when you lost your virginity? Well, I got married. I guess I was 21 years old. I had a baby a year after, so I guess somewhere in between, I lost my virginity. Okay, but you lost it. You had you you did you wouldn't have sex before you were married, obviously. Oh no, no, I had no uh, uh, relationship with any women or, or okay. any kind of interaction with women before. I got um, married. Were you able to watch any porn before or see any pictures of naked women? Or the first time you were the wife was the first time you actually had a, a woman in front of you? Definitely a woman in front of me. Um, I mean, we're going. I got married in 1999. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but I'm guessing there was porn before that. Okay, but did you Probably have internet more likely at home? Magazine. Oh, no internet. No internet at home. Okay, so how'd you? Definitely how'd you, not porn. Not, not that I remember. I really don't remember. You don't remember. You blocked that period out of your life. That's very possible. Yeah, maybe. Um, all right. Well, maybe you're jacking but there was off magazines, pictures. There was okay, magazines. There was magazines like Playboys or. See, when you grow up in a community that is so extreme, right? It's much easier because you see, when somebody's walking out there in the in the real world, right? In order for them to you know, get aroused and get excited sexually, they may have to go to porn and 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 see some Here, very crazy. You get things. excited by a tree. Oh, forget about a tree, but an elbow of a woman. Right. Okay. A shoulder, forget about it. Wow. Yeah, okay. all you have to so do is open up the paper. So in New York, you just, you're, 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 you're walk walking in. around with a big boner all day long. Oh, yeah. Oh, so walking in New York yeah. is like a kid in a candy shop. Right. But, but you, you just open right. any newspaper that's not a, 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 right. a religious newspaper, if you could somehow get a hand on it, okay. and you have material for until they find it. So these enclosed communities in Brooklyn, it, there's not a fence around them. How do they stop people from walking two blocks east and looking at shoulders? Like, how do you do that? It's it's a moral thing, and in, okay. in their mind, they this is how they're raised. This is what they believe. Like, 
you know, there is police in the street, but that's not the only thing that stops people from walking around murdering people, right? People no, just don't do it because it's do. beyond their... They beyond don't think what it's they right. Do. Okay. They don't think it's right. So it's the same look, thing. Look, I, I like the idea. I think men are pretty much all a bunch of douchebags. And if they can get the opportunity... Human, human. Well, no, well, let me just classify <laughs> men in particular. Just I'm saying it's like, I know that some Orthodox men, they can't even look at another woman. They don't want to succumb to temptation. Other people are like, well, a man should be able to control himself. But the bottom line is most men can, cannot control themselves. You know what I mean? And I think if certain people, if they help them stay faithful, just look at the ground when they pass a woman with a tube top on, then I'm all for it. Yeah, you know what? Part of it is also where do you draw a line? So you just don't draw any line and just don't have Keep no connection with women. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So you um, you're living in in Brooklyn, right? Um, and you decide you, you start having doubts. What what's how this trajectory go? I was always religious, but I never believed in the extreme part of it. Okay. So my journey, if you may say, started when I was really young where I was still in the community, but my belief started shifting to, I just believe in God, but nothing too much more than that. But I still had to act as, as if I'm How part of that community. How old were you when you're saying young? Teens. Okay. And this was out of influence of other people? This was all self-generated? You know, it's self-generated. It's mostly, uh, I mean, it's hard to trace these things back and, and, and understand exactly where, where right, that came right, from. Right. My easiest guess is I'm a very active and excited and bubbly guy. I, to put it mildly, um, you're exactly. bursting with energy here. I am, I am. Okay. And then when, as, as a kid from a very young age, in that community, they just expect you to sit on one chair and just study the word of God from morning to night. I'm hearing a little bit of ADHD issues too, yeah? You know, I'm sure there's probably a whole bunch of labels they would put on me today. I can see it, I can um, see it. Okay, so I you don't started having doubts. Too extreme, but I'm just, I just, I, d I thought it wasn't for me. I thought it's the right thing to do. Okay. But it's not for me. It's not for so you. So that's okay. where, that where it started. We're saying where, you know, that's the right way of living, but God didn't create me to live like that. I, I can't live. I can't sit in one chair for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours in a row and just, you know, Did you study talk to your parents Bible. about that? Or was there, was there a social worker you can talk to? Talking is not much something that is encouraged. You, you, know, you mean talking questions. about doubts, you mean? But you can't, no. The whole not Bible's only about, about doubt. There's a lot of no, stories no, in the not, Bible about doubt. No, we probably skipped those. Oh, you skipped those chapters? Probably, most likely. There's okay, a lot of convenient. stories that we skipped. Okay, okay. So what age, so what? So you got married, What was it an arranged marriage? Was an arranged marriage. Was she cute? Yes. Well, that's good, right? You're lucky, right? Well, I'm lucky, but I also was, at that point, even smart enough to be able to say no if I didn't like it. Oh, okay. You could do that? Most if you're people set can't, up someone, I could. you're like, nope, not happening, you can say no? Uh, you know, you could say no. I have a cousin who said no. Um, was he or she banished? His dad smacked him so hard across his face. Did he really? Yeah. And so did they end up getting married? Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, though, arranged marriages seem to be the way to go. I've heard a lot of, read a lot of studies that arranged marriages last longer. You know, they last longer a lot because the expectations are very different. Maybe they're just low. Maybe they're non-existent. Well, they're non-existent. They're basically a technical thing. Like, okay, this is what you got to do together, and this is, you know. You know what? I don't know if I believe that, but we'll, we'll move on. We'll circle back to that because I think that sometimes if if um, if it's arranged. I think that today's problem is people have too much choice, right? And they're looking for that perfection. And like, oh, this, I haven't found this person. Suddenly I'm 45 and I'm single. Everybody's all fucked up. We're all damaged goods. But when you're in arranged marriage, you're like, I have to make this work. What good can I see in this person? Let's find things to make together and compatible. And then they end up being happy. I mean, look, you at know, least I'm judging uh, off of the 9 million couples in India that are happily married. Well, happily is a, is a very subjective word. And, and you know... Uh, 
You know the, the famous story with the guy sitting at the bar and looking at his watch all the time? I do not know. Is this a Jewish and story? And the bartender, the bartender goes, why are you looking at your watch every five minutes? He says, listen, inside my watch is a picture of my wife. I take a drink, I look at it. If she's not pretty, I take another drink. Wow. I'm going to sit here until she's looking good looking and then I'm going home. That's terrible. It's all about what lowering your standards. a fucking misogynist joke. Jesus fucking it's a, Christ. It's all about, you I'm know. I'm going to send you, you back to the community. That's just terrible. <laughs> You're not going to get far in the secular world with that shit. There so, okay, so you started having some doubts. So you married your wife. She was cute. Uh, and I like her already because you're misogynist humor. I hope she smacked you across the face. But probably. But, so what happened? So you popped out a kid, right? Or two kids? Yep. Or th- two? Well, one, and then a few years later, another one. Okay. Well, go. Oh, so you didn't go for the nine right off the bat? No, no, no. Okay. Um, you're getting along. Yeah. Like, okay, you were getting along. Yeah, we're 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 doing very well. You even were doing even very at, well. we're 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 divorced for twelve years, but we're still getting along. Oh, very I don't well. give a shit about it now. I'm talking about back then. You were getting along well then. But then what did you say? You said, sweetheart, um, let's just call her Christina just to make it more interesting. That's not going to fucking work. What do we call her? Rachel, Rebecca? Whatever you want. Sally? Okay. Um, Yasmin, did you tell her, look, I want to move to Jersey or I want to move to the Upper West Side or I want to move to Detroit. I don't want to live anymore in the Gourgare community. Did you say that to her? Oh, yeah. We, we, we were, from the beginning, you know, one of the beautiful things about arranged marriage, if there are a few, right. is that they are arranged and they're arranged for a reason. And given that I wasn't the, let's say, the whitest uh, uh, goose in the pond. So another, okay, another horrible reference. I don't, I don't know. know where you came up from that one. Okay. Listen, I didn't grow up with all the literature you grew okay. up with. I have all to right. make them up as Fair, I go. The whitest goose in the pond. Okay. All right. So I'll let that it, one slide. Okay. So, you know, with what you say, Swan? Whatever. Keep going. So, you know, I, we were arranged already on the premises of us not being the most uh, mainstream and traditional couple. Okay. So, As opposed to kn- setting you up with someone who is traditional to get you back on track, they set you up with someone who's just as rebellious as you are? Well, it's, it's too easy for them, right? Let's take the two people who are on the fringe and... and oh, and push them out. And push them, yeah, because they're and, annoying and, as fuck, right? Exactly. Right. Okay. Or connect them so they don't... They're, they're much more afraid of somebody on the outside pulling somebody out oh, then, than they, they trust somebody in. on the okay. inside pulling somebody okay. in. Okay, okay. So you, so you guys were talking. You were buzzing about... Yeah, and slowly, slowly, we we started, even within our religious life, getting away from the extreme Hasidic community and living our own life. You know, we're still observant and religious, but we slowly went out of the community and and just lived our own life. And it also entails moving out, slowly, slowly moving out from living in the middle of Borough Park to the outskirts of it. And then we moved out to Flatbush, where we just lived our lives. We were still very religious, okay, but uh, we were a lot more tame. You were tame. Okay, so when did you decide to go all all secular out? You know, this is 2006. Okay. And between our relationship, we had different conversations, and and we decided to go our separate ways. Oh, to divorce. To divorce. Oh, wow, okay. And then quite soon after the divorce, I have decided that uh, the only reason I've been religious all my life is because I didn't really have a choice. So you, okay, now how did your parents take it? It was tough. It was really tough. Uh, I mean, now we're in retrospective. It's 12 years later. It's very different. Okay. But at that point, my parents, so for my parents, being not religious is the worst thing ever. Right, right. And uh, they tried to do whatever they could to save me, save my soul. Uh, they were what not, does that entail? 
it entailed my dad hopping on the first flight he could from, okay. from Israel to New York and sitting down with me and right. trying every technique possible from screaming to shouting to begging to crying. But, you know. Well, no massage. So what the fuck? No, that exactly. would work very well. Um, did you tell him you became an atheist or you didn't go that far? You didn't tell him You know, news. I don't have to instigate things. Yeah, no, I agree. Don't so, hurt them. I so mean, I was what? very nice. I, I, I did the, most of the listening and very little of the talking. Okay. The furthest I went, the go furthest ahead. I went is I told him that if you can make the most comfortable shoe in the world, they still have to make it a few sizes. Interesting. Another so, interesting I'm like, metaphor just, now. It could be the best religion, right? but it may not be a good fit for me. Okay. And I wasn't talking about being religious altogether. Talking about his... His sect. sect. His sect, which is very easy for me to communicate with him. Because if I tell him, hey, I'm an atheist, that would that would That would kill him. That would kill him. him. That would be a selfish move. For me to tell him, hey, I'm not like you. I'm just a little bit different. Okay. How far I don't have to go It's not like you told him I'm marrying Svensa from Stockholm and converting to whatever. That would have really killed him. Probably. Right. (laughs) Um, All right. So now you've left the faith. You've left your wife. Uh, Where are your kids at this point? So I have took upon myself to raise the kids. So I've been raising my my daughters ever since. They were very young. They were two and six years old. But uh, and the, the, she didn't want to. She didn't want to raise them. You know, that's the way it worked out. Okay, it's a diplomatic answer. I won't push it. Probably not going to get any more juice out of that one. <laughs> uh, and then you moved. Okay, so now you're like, okay, I met. I was in arranged marriage. Um, we had sex. I'm sure. Was it okay sex? Was it mediocre sex? It was just marriage sex. A lot of a lot of everything you just said okay. because it's been seven years. So okay, so we were married years. for seven Did years. Do you fucking go wild once you get? You're like now I can whatever. I can go crazy. I can drink. I can fuck whatever I want, whoever I want, whenever I want. I'm gonna go wild like those divorce guys. You know what I mean? After being married for thirty years, they go on this rampage to remind themselves they have a dick. Did you do that? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a little story because oh, I know go. you love that. I know you love that. Please. The do. guy woke up in the morning, tells his wife. Oh no, this is another joke that I'm gonna get offended by. Exactly. Can we just I love answer it. the question before you give me some I'll give other misogynist joke here? I'll give you the answer okay. via my joke. Go ahead. Okay. The guy tells his wife, I had a dream overnight that I became the rabbi of this town. The wife goes, well, people of the town have to have that dream. So when you're telling me about right after I got divorced, did I walk around and sleep with every mile oh, out of town? because those women were not feeling it for you. There that, you go. Oh, well, that's a modest moment here. No, but you're a good looking guy. Did you date a lot? Did you, or did you, were you so like, how the fuck do I manage in secular society? Well, when you say that you date a lot, that's assuming I know how to date. But I have no idea what that means. I don't how think do most men do till today, trust me. Well, but I at least um, knew I didn't know. Yeah, I think. exactly. A exactly. lot of these men... Good, oh, they think they do, especially oh, online think they, now. Oh, oh yeah. It's a oh, fucking I nightmare. about that. Okay, so you had... You were wearing... Now, when you were living with your wife um, that during that time you were married, were you still black hatting it? Yeah. Okay, so you're still black hatting it. So then what was that day like when you took off the hat... Cut off the 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 payas, shaved off the beard. Was it an emotional day? Did any any witnesses, any photos? Um, no photo to witnesses, to witnesses, but no photos. A very emotional day. Uh, cutting the payas was very emotional because you remind me all of the pictures of the German Nazis cutting off payas yeah, of Jews. Yeah, yeah. And for me to do it to myself was uh, it was a very tough moment because you know on one hand it was a, a, an act of freedom for me, but on another hand from what I. All the guilt that I've heard for, you know, you know, all, all my life right. about, about, you know, we're not going to let the Nazis win and we're going to stay this extreme religious and that's what they really wanted to kill. Right. And for me to do that, it was like being a little Nazi to the religion, but I felt it was the right thing to do and definitely the right thing for me. It was very tough. It was emotional.
Did you keep them in like a little box? No. You threw them away, huh? I believe so. Wow. That's that's deep. That's No, it's hard. I think it's hard to... It's interesting. I think people look at the Orthodox community as like another wor- another world, which it is, right? And people have all these myths about fucking through a hole in the sheet. That's not true, right? You know, it's hard for me to tell because, like I said, there's so many sects out there. So you did not I- have a hole in the sheet. We did not have a hole okay. in the sheet. Okay, you kind of went all out. Like, why not, right? I don't think anyone in my particular community does that. But I do it sometimes just because I feel like the guy's too hairy or, you know what I mean? It gets sticky and I just like to keep some sort of barrier going. If it works for I you, mean, it does. If the guys agree, I mean, well, like cut a little cutouts, you know what I mean? Empire State Buildings or clown faces, you know, and you might have fun with it too, you know. Yeah, at least as long as they get their babies. Yeah, exactly. As long as I get my orgasm. But so, okay, so you cut everything off. You look in the mirror and you're like, "Wow, I am hot." You're like, "Jesus Christ, what the fuck was I thinking?" Okay, and then and you went out to buy your wardrobe. Where'd you go? Like H and M? Where'd you go to get your wardrobe? Because obviously, uh, when you're wearing black stuff, it's like it's imp- simple. Your closet's pretty straightforward, right? These guys aren't going debating between white shirts every morning it was tough it was tough you know it's not like i went to h&m because i probably didn't even know no, what h&m yeah. well they're overrated but, but they're reasonably priced but i mean at this point i know what i'm doing at that point i didn't okay so all my clothes were uh much larger than my size oh and interesting probably didn't match and oh, that's just like cute. a lot of men out there they're like hipstery okay so did anybody help you during this time did you go through some sort of support group Oh, definitely. You know, there's a group called Footsteps. Okay. So, Oh, I remember them in the documentary, right? Right, yeah. right. So they're very helpful. I mean, they were a baby at that point. Right, right. now, they're like a lot one bigger. one person in a room. Yeah, it was very small and, and uh, a, a very small organization, but still quite helpful. I think the, the biggest help they've done is introduce me to other people who are in a similar transition and a similar place in life. So... It's very relieving to do all of that with other people, but also to some somehow have a new community, have some other people that you can, because you do lose pretty much all your contacts from before once you. Do leave you really that get excommunicated? Oh yeah, they have no desire to be in touch with you. You can't go back to the neighborhood and hang out. You know, one of the things that define those communities are the arranged marriages, right? And because everything is built around that arranged marriage, people are very concerned about their image, their outside image to the community. So anyone who has children who might one day want to marry them off in an arranged marriage would not want to be seen with me because then they'll be tainted. Okay. So they won't invite me to their house because they're afraid that people are going to talk. Oh, well, I can understand so, that. I mean, so I, I did lose keep... all my friends. But okay. part of it also, you know, in retrospective now, I, I could also blame myself, right? Because when you're leaving, you do it, right? So a lot of my friends right. m- uh, would have stayed my friends throughout no matter what, including whatever they would have to do. But I think for me, at, at, at least at that point, I had to just distance myself. Yeah, to also it's make tough. yourself at peace with the decision, right? It's hard to stay kind of one foot in, one foot out. You kind of got to, it's like smoking. That's true. It's also... There's no it, orthodox Jewish patch you can just put on. Not really, and it's also... That was a reference to the nicotine patch. I'm just, for all those oh, of you I, who are like, what the fuck are you talking about? That wasn't like a weird <laughs> reference. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because you can't come back into the community. You dress differently, you look differently. I mean, for me, it just feel felt awkward. I mean... I'm trying to equivalent it to somebody, I don't know, somebody who, you know, goes through chemo and loses their hair. They feel bad walking around without their hair on. They put a wig or something. Some people are strong enough to go out and do it and they're open about it. But some people would rather stay at home. So maybe part of it is that, you know, you're... Fear, shame. You just, you just, you don't feel like you belong and... Right. Did you, um, did you, do you miss it? Do you miss that, like the community aspect of it and the social support? 
I do get social support today from other resources. Okay, well, that's um, good. At this point, again, it's been 12 years. I don't feel like I miss it, but right. I miss some aspect of it. I still miss my uh, mom's gefilte fish. Oh, I God, di- that is the most repulsive food item on the fucking planet. I went to those Shabbat dinners, and it's like, it is. I do not understand it. I have to tell you. When I eat gefilte fish from other places, I totally understand you. Okay, but your being in my mom's kitchen fish. and seeing it from okay. from from scratch. Okay. I mean, know. look, it really depends. I have eaten it a couple of times where I did like it. Like I, I've told my friends, I think I've said it once on the on the podcast. I feel like I can feel the suffering of the Jewish people in that food. Do you know yes, what I mean? I can, yes, I can yes. feel the shtetl. I think it's probably part of of why they make the food that way. They just add a lot of bread to the to the to the fish. That's oh, is that what they do? Is. They make like kind of McDonald's with their burgers. They just add. They yeah exactly. Pulp? They just add as much bread Wood as they shavings. can. Okay. To the to the fish. Okay. All right. Look, I'm not again. I'm more of the fusilli. And then they grind everything in there. Okay. Yeah, that's more information than I ever needed. Exactly. Okay. You know, it's interesting because I think I look at people, and I'm a believer. I've talked about this. I I call myself a pantheist. You know what I mean? Obviously, I believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, but I also believe— um, I've, I've dabbled in Baha'i, I've dabbled in Scientology, I've dabbled, and obviously Judaism is kind of a default, you know what I mean? The minute you're Christian, Judaism's part of the package, right? right like you don't right. kind of disown the Old Testament. But I have found that uh, there's a certain, look, we're all looking for meaning, right? We're all looking for meaning in life. People that don't have any meaning suffer. And people that have uh, religious beliefs, unfortunately, the ones that take them to extreme lead them to think that everybody else is wrong and leads to horrible acts, as we've seen recently, and and... Um, really terrible acts towards other members of humanity, and that's always kind of been a recipe for disaster throughout history. But I do find that the people that are uh, religious in the right way, where their belief gives them meaning and motivates them to be kind to others and do good, their lives are just kind of amazing. It also helps them deal with with grief, and either if you're believing in the afterlife, you believe there's a, a bigger plan, uh, obviously helps people with with loss more than your average secular human who is like, this is the world, it's all very simple, and this person's dead and gone, and I got nothing to say to myself to make myself better about it. You know what I mean? There's no belief around it. Uh, Have you found that challenging at all with life's uh, ups and downs, to not have that kind of, uh, you know, kind of backbone of meaning that that gives stuff inherent meaning? Does that make sense? Everything you said makes sense. Uh, I found it quite the opposite. Uh, Being someone that lived... I, I lived that life for 30 years where I was a believer... I don't think that just because uh, you believe that there's an afterlife or you believe there's a reason for everything and you could just say on the surface that it's all God, that you really don't grieve. Oh, I I don't mean that. I think think it doesn't get easier. It just, it's a patch. It makes it harder. It just, it prolongs the, 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 the suffering. How's that? Because at the end of the day, you still ask yourself the same questions. It's just a matter of you giving it a whole nother layer. So first you have to go through God, but then you go back to asking the same questions and you realize like if somebody passed that, you know, that person is dead and that person is not going to be part of your life. And even if you tell yourself all the stories that, you know, maybe there's a next life or there's a reason or God wanted them, the pain is still the same. It just prolongs it. It just, you eventually have to face that reality. Uh, And, you know, to, to my general look at saying people have a meaning in life, they're, they're do better than people who don't have a meaning in life. You know, I don't know if that's true, and I don't know if having a false meaning in life is better than uh, having no meaning in life, and so I don't know. Okay, well, look, you can obviously be not religious and have meaning in your life. I just mean that there's that kind of 
look, we all have these new age terms now, like the universe. Right. You know what I mean? The universe will make it, everything happens and unfolding the way the universe should be. There's a master plan. So I think it's all just kind of this sense of if you think there's no meaning or no order or no divine plan, you can go fucking insane. You feel powerless, right? You're going to be powerless anyway, but at least you'll be like, well, it's just happening the way it's supposed to. Right. right. You know, I feel right now for myself, and I've gone through a lot of process right. that there are much healthier ways to deal with the whole idea of meaning in life and how to deal with things than religion because religion comes with a lot of aspects that are uncalled for, that are not needed. Okay. So people just give you give you a cure for something that you don't want, but they add to it a whole lot of There's a lot of mess. sub sub provisions. Oh yeah. So okay. I think there's ways to deal with with meaning of life and purpose of life and griefing and, and just deal with life in general right. that are much healthier than religion. religion. Religion is a very primitive and costly way to to uh, live your life. Not the Ray Lynn religion, let me just tell you that. Ray there Lynn's religion is a whole other ball game. That's Highly transcendent and evolved. There, I'm gonna start exactly. a cult soon, so I'm just trying to plug it now. Can I ask you a question? These these arranged marriage dates. Now, was this the only woman you went out with, or were you arranged on a couple other dates? There was one other date uh, I was arranged with. I never ended up meeting the woman. Or maybe I did. Actually, I don't remember. No, I she, may have. I don't. She hears but it was, this. She's like, but fuck these, you. No, those dates are seven minutes days. So even are they I'm, real? What happens on the date? You go sit on a park bench somewhere public? No, 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 no. You go to somebody's house, usually okay. an aunt or uncle or grandparents. Okay. And uh, they just hovering on the outskirts watching? Are you alone in the living room? How you're in the living room and the door is open and, and you know, you're pretty much scripted. You you know what you have to ask. You know what you have to answer. So what do you, can we can we do role play? Let me, let me, and you, can you, can you guide me Well, here? you have to know, but, you but know, basically. But I'll go off of you, okay? Just feed me the lines here. So, hello, I'm Rachel. Um, hi, I'm Israel. Well, okay, but we knew each other's names before, right? Okay. Right. Okay. Hi, yeah, but they hi. don't say that. The, the names okay. are not really significant. Okay, so tell me how it goes. You, so, you start. You start. Yeah, I, th- I forgot. There's a rule of who needs to start talking. I forgot if it's the guy or the girl. Okay. okay? But I think hi is like maybe. Hi. And then, and then you got to say. And you talking in Yiddish or in English or? Depends where. So in America, it's Yiddish. In Israel, okay. it's Hebrew. I don't know Yiddish, so fuck that. Let's just do English for the for the English speakers. Right. Okay. So then the pretty much it, the, the basic question, so it would start like that. Like, so do you have any siblings? Yes, 11. Okay. Did you? Uh, yes, six. Six, okay. And um, what are you uh, in school? Are you learning to be a teacher? Are you learning to be, you know, special ed? What are you learning to be? Oh, okay. Be? Uh, yes, I'm in training to be a, uh, L, uh, a special, a speech pathologist. Oh, Great. Is that is that is that realistic? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Special ed teacher. Sure. Okay. Special ed teacher. And how about more. you, Israel? I hope to stay and study as long as I can, and hopefully you you could provide for the family. I will provide. Uh, do we talk about how much money our parents have? Like, is there a dowry? No, they they handle that. They ha- okay. They're doing that good. So that's 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 awkward. That's negotiated. It depends that's- on the points. System, right? There's a point system? Well, it's an unwritten point system, right? Right. You know how good looking the guy is, how good the family really? is, everything, and then oh it's God, like who it's like pays a caste for who. System. Okay, okay. And then how devout and religious the if guy is. If I was in it, fuck that. You know what I mean? I, you'd be paying for my family because oh, yeah. I'm not talking to my family. Oh, shit. mom. Love you, mom. There not. you go. Uh, okay, so that you're in the yeshiva. That's, and then, what yeshiva are you in, Israel? Um, yeshiva Fatamet in Jerusalem. Oh, okay. I, it's a good yeshiva. I'm very happy you are there. Good, good. Uh, how many so, children do you want? As much as God is going to give us. Okay, okay. And and I have to tell you that the mezuzah, the thing that you put at the door. Yes. So it's there on the door. It's supposed to be at an angle, right? Oh, okay. The so, thing, oh, the, the, the thing on the door, right, at right, an angle. Okay. They put it on an angle. And 
The reason it's at an angle because there was some uh, um, uh, righteous uh, religious people that believe it's supposed to be um, upright, horizontal, okay, and right. some people believe, believe it's supposed to be, be vertical. Vertical, okay, right, and and then they usually when there's two ways. They never settle. They always choose one way, and that's the way they go. Okay. But here, it's a very unique that they settled. And the reason they settled is because the mezuzah is by the door, and that's the opening to the home. It, it comes to show that in a marriage, people need to settle. To compromise. That's, a to beautiful, compromise. that's finally a beautiful story that's not yes. offensive, misogynistic, or racist. There that's great. Um, is that true? Yeah, that's what basically you have is that, to say. Is that what you say? That's the at script. Every, that's that's the, the script. script. So every guy on an arranged date in this particular sect has to bust that story out? Pretty much. It's that, or it is a couple of stories. So if that, you're that's like a big my one. third date, arranged date, because the other one's fell Oh, there fell is through. no third arranged date. Okay. It's very, very rare that there's more than one. Okay, so it's a seven minute. So that would take, so anything else to fill up the seven minutes? Do we just look at each other awkwardly or what? Yeah. Okay, and there's no contact. There's no physical contact. No, 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 no. And I'm not wearing a wig yet. I only wear a wig after I'm married. Right, right. So I can show off my hair now? You can show off your hair, but you are not going to be doing too much of that. Okay. Everything is controlled by the I'm not getting a Brazilian blowout for this thing. No, no, no. You're going to do pretty basic. Basic. Okay, okay. And then if I go Can I wear makeup? I don't. I, I fucking think hate basic wake up, makeup. But I think you. I think you might have to Foundation. do a little bit. But oh, I have to do a little I bit. I think so. I'm not. I'm not. I, I honestly oh, don't. Gee, I have good skin. I don't need to do that. There you go. Um, okay, so I'm obviously very desirable. Uh, and then we go. And then I leave. Maybe we're at your your uncle's place. Somebody comes in the door and says, "Are you guys done?" And we all nod, and that's we it. We nod, and then you walk out. Do you, or I walk out. Do you walk me to the door? Or do I just let? No, 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 out? no, no. You probably stay sitting. The guy will walk out. Okay, even if it's his house? It doesn't matter whose okay, house it is. Okay, okay, Usually Guy's it's out. at her house or her house. So there's her, no food? Somebody on her there's side. no snacks? No, no, no. Maybe a cup of water. Just water? Yeah. What the fuck? Why can't we have some snacks, like cheese dinner No, or no, you can't start eating together. You don't, you know. We're not breaking bread together. Yeah, you're not breaking bread. Okay, here. we're going to be copulating the week's time. Who so, knows? Next minute you walk around and you have, you know, people having sex around here. Like, oh, don't, how, don't rush to the bread you're or right, cookies You're right, you're right, you're right. How long after this seven-minute date is the the wedding? So the wedding really varies. Uh, uh, I say usually it's like six to nine months, but it could go up to 12 or 14 months. So what happens during this whole engagement period? Oh, you're not allowed to have any kind of communication whatsoever. So for six months, we don't fucking talk? You can talk. You can't have any sort of communication Why? whatsoever. Because they're afraid we're going to fight and back out? They're afraid they're going to start getting too close and, and maybe try to meet. Wow, that's baffling to me. Okay, so you have a seven-minute date. So I'm locked into you. I can't, no more options. I can't see you could what else say is no. out there. You could say no. The problem is if you say no, word is out that this woman said no She's to a difficult. guy. Now nobody's going to want to even meet you because nobody wants to get rejected. Rejected. Uh, men with their so fragile good fucking luck. egos. Okay. Well, it's not, it's, just, it's the other way around as so well. So it's in the calendar. Can you, um, can you finagle getting an earlier date? I don't want to wait nine months. I don't uh, want to wait six weeks. I, I had a story where, where, you know, I lived in Israel at the time. Mm-hmm. And she lived in America, but she came to Israel for a wedding, and that's okay. how the arranged marriage happened. And then she was going back to, to America until right. the wedding. So I requested to see her before she leaves, which is something that is, even in our sect, something that is common. Okay. If somebody leaves the country, you get to meet them for another seven minutes or so that's to say great. goodbye. Right. Not right? Okay. Uh, but my family uh, uh, vetoed it, and all my uh, brother-in-laws... Right. Have five sisters, they were all right, married. Of course. They all said, if they're meeting, we're not coming to the wedding. What? And they just didn't want to. They can be bothered with buying a gift. They, they just, the well. Yeah. They, yeah. It's, I, I fought for it. I fought for it. 
tooth and nails, and I got it. And I got it, and they came to the wedding. Of course they did. They're just being (laughs) ridiculous. That's fucking ridiculous. Who is there? One catering company that does all these weddings? It's a glat glat kosher. Has to be glat kosher. Right, right, right. So you can choose if it's either a dairy wedding or a meat wedding, or most weddings meat. I have no idea. I'm just thinking ahead. You know, you want substantial I'm pretty food sure at a they're wedding. Meat. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure they're meat. too, right? And then the desserts have to be shitty because they can't be dairy. I promise you, the dessert is shitty. It's like vegan wedding cake. Might as well slit your wrists now. No offense to the vegan listeners. Yeah, and they, they all, the worst thing about it: no coffee after after the food. I mean, that's right. the worst thing about being religious. You can have black coffee. Religious. You don't have to have milk in your coffee. They, that's for well, pussies. you can have black coffee. Yeah, and fuck that. Milk, milk and coffee is for pussies. There um, <laughs> so arranged marriage, no same by at the airport. You're getting married. Uh, who finds you the apartment? Usually parents take care of it. That's kids so great. You have no idea. The parents fucking take care of everything. It's furnished already when you move in. Everything. It's The lease is signed. Everything. Don't have to, you don't have to, and and is, is there a wedding registry? Or you just take shit from like the, the other 16 siblings? You get checks. Oh, you get checks. From Perfect. everyone in the community. I think that's great. You know what? I believe I heard that from someone um, in Europe also at a wedding that they... Um, that it's also checks because this American registry bullshit. Like, who needs a colander? Who wants another fucking blender? You know, to give me the money so I can pay off my wedding cost and pay for a honeymoon. There you go. Simple as that. Yeah, I think it's much better. I think that's smarter. This wedding registry is fucking ridiculous. The bridesmaids shit. Are there bridesmaids at these Orthodox weddings? I have no idea what's happening on the women's side. Oh right, you don't it even could- know. You don't even see photos either, right? They're, they got the big fence. Yeah, they got the big fence. I mean, I could see photos much later. But I couldn't tell you, you if really there is a bridesmaid or not, or who is the bridesmaid. There's no bachelorette parties where they're going to Vegas and going to like, okay, exactly. or bachelor None parties at Hooters. Okay. Um, so there's no kind of bonding there is, with your buds. There is the actually, wedding. we have something, I forgot what it was called. Was it the Gazagana or whatever it was called? Uh, Sounds so, like Burning Man, the Gazagana? The Gazagana. Okay. Uh, there was something, but you know, all, all everybody, all your friends come in okay. and dance for you and, and straight from there you go to the marriage hall. Well, that's cool. So everybody sings and dances for like a half an hour, an hour. and Okay. And that, that I just like the idea of having like Bikram yoga or something for an Orthodox bachelor party. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just right. get some kind of guy in there and just say, okay, everybody, uh, sun salutations. So they do that. And the women, you have no idea. They go to the, the mikveh, right? Which is like a jacuzzi. To, yeah, to, to yeah. Clean. you wish you'd be like a jacuzzi, but yeah, it's okay. basically like a, it's like the, a big the tub of water. It's just a tub. It's just like a tub of warm water. Well, and somebody blesses you're lucky, you in it's there. Warm. Do Nobody men go blesses you, but... Men go to make up, but they don't have to. Uh, now, when women, when you ask if they're blessed, they're not being blessed, but they have to immerse themselves in the water 100%. So they okay. cannot have any... It's like a baptism. But they, they, They're fun. I but, just do them for fun. But they have to... They cannot have any type of dirt or anything. So what happens is the woman has to go into the mikvah. And remember, this is like very modest ultra-Orthodox religious women who never uncover their... And suddenly uh, they're all running ankle. around naked. That's going to be a fun they spot. They're walking around naked one at a time. There's no... They don't see each other. But okay. there is a woman there that's called like the mikvah lady. Right. And she will check you to make sure that you are 100% immersed. So she goes to your nails and she's going to check if there's any kind of, of leftover nail polish on it. Oh, that's... And she'll make you clean it. That's great, She'll check your whole body to see if there's any kind of dirt. She's going into the crevices where the sun don't shine. She does that. And it, I have to tell you, that is not pleasant. Yeah, but you know what? I think it's a fantastic service because I, I got I'm gonna be honest with you here. I um I get UTIs a lot. You know what I mean? I get urinary tract infection. I don't know if you've ever right. given a woman a urinary tract infection, but when the sex gets really intense, you can get a UTI. Now, what is a UTI? It's when bacteria from one part of the body, I won't name it, called the rectum, gets into the other part where, you know, yep. and then you get a UTI, you get the E. coli in there. And yeah. so 
cleanliness and hygiene is super fucking important. Now, I wish it would be a, it wouldn't be a double standard where the dude also has to get dipped in and get his nuts checked. That would you know help what I you mean? a lot. Yeah, of course. Kind yeah, of but it's like, but the the women get checked, then maybe the mikvah dude can go and check, you know what I mean, the ball sack or whatever and make sure everything's clean. But that could be something to, to be discussed yeah. with the people at hand. Maybe we can add some manscaping in there. Well, I don't, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? I don't mind. I like a wild bush on both parties. I have no problem with that. I think too much grooming is repulsive. Uh, I think it's good to be clean. I, th- I like the idea, I have to tell you, I like the idea. I know you have some. Res- I can feel the resentment bubbling under, and I feel you having a negative spin on stuff. Uh, only because I, I, I'm familiar with what's happening in reality. Okay, okay. Anyway, I know from women that have been in my life. I understand what, that for them, that it's, it felt to fail. I right, get that. Right. Look, I get that anything you have don't have a choice in right. is going to be. And sometimes it's hard because sometimes things can have a positive aspect to them, but when it's thrust upon you, you're automatically kind of rebelling. And I get that. I th- think about marriage men, right? Think about right. My, 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 you know, you want to have sex, but the woman has to go to mikvah before that. Right. She, this is not a pleasant environment for her. No, so that's it's right. It's hard for married men to have sex to begin with. Yeah. Now they have to convince their wives to go to the mikvah before. It makes it so much harder. It's like a pain in the ass. What if it's cold and it's a few blocks away yeah, and there's no, and like, Uber available? People, oh, okay. my God. Well, there should be, like, some sort of... Um, like an Uber mikvah, like a mikvah van. You know I'm what sure I mean? Where you can is. just drive sure around. I, I don't know, but I'm sure there is. Do a quick dip. Yeah, well, that's a new uh, app. That should be a new app. There like, you, go, you know, start up. mikvah, like a speedy mikvah or mikvah to you or something. I'm going to yeah, think about that. something like that. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, so you're happy now. Are you dating? I'm dating. Do you date non-Jews? I'm open to dating anyone. Anyone. Human. I'm dating humans. Humans. That's good. Okay, so you've kind of gone full circle, right? Not full circle, really. You've kind of gone 180 degrees. 180 um, degrees. <laughs> have you, do you date uh, Asian women? Yeah. Black women? Yeah. Muslim women? Yeah. Uh, that was a pause there. What was Ex-Muslim. that about? Oh, you did an ex-Muslim? Yeah. Okay. Oh, because you don't want to date anybody religious, so you're like, no, I don't like. It just hasn't happened. Okay, but you're open to it. Yeah, I have no problem with okay, that. Okay, great, fantastic. Well, you better not have a problem, right? You're secular now. You better be open to fucking everybody. Exactly. Um, and so, wait, are you in touch with your siblings or not? Oh, yeah. Okay, so they're okay with They're cool with you. Are they all still orthodox? This, this, uh, I, I don't want to get to, like, a little bit of a sad side, but I have six siblings, right? So my brother is pretty much on our side, so that's good. Okay. I'm the youngest of seven. I had a sister. Had. Was, had a sister. She left the community and she had seven children okay. all but one just stopped talking to her oh, and completely discommunicated. Uh, uh, so did most of the family and, and, and her friends. And she was uh, very troubled by it for many years. And eventually she took her own life because she just couldn't hold that. that anymore. That was uh, oh, wow. two years ago in June, 2016. Wow. This just happened. Okay. Yeah. So it was very, very uh, traumatic. And were you, in, and you so. were in touch with her. I was in touch with her very close. Yeah. And then she committed suicide. Right. And, and are you, um, that's, that's, that's very tragic. I'm sorry to hear that. Are she, was she, uh, are you in touch with her children? So one of her, uh, uh, daughters is not in the community as well. So we're very close. Okay. Uh, the other siblings, much less, you know, to various are they all degrees. In Israel? They're very, yeah. They're all in Israel. And did that, um, change your your other siblings approach to everything or soften them or soften your parents or are they just grief stricken and they just like how do they feel guilt have you talked to them about it you know my parents it's it's hard to tell where the what change and when but uh, my parents have changed okay. in the last few years they've opened a lot more and i think that loss for them uh, they were not really, in touch with her before she committed suicide. They were, but she wasn't really a part of the right, family. Right, but it was right. mostly not so much them, my, my other siblings. And oh. 
and the rest of it, mostly her children. That was the the, the most painful and for her. And was it her hu- her husband that right her ex husband that was against? Yeah. And it, it was a big story oh. in Israel because she disappeared and everybody was looking for her for nearly wow. a week. And then they they found her in her car, and so it was a very big story in Israel. Uh, she wrote a book okay. uh, detailing all her story and what led her to that. And then the day she disappeared, she blasted that book in PDF to all her contact wow. and then disappeared. So the book detailed a lot of intimate stories with her okay. um, ex-husband, which showed a lot of what happens when you take things to, to one extreme and, yeah. and, how, and, and how that affects and how it could go from one extreme to another rather quickly. Uh, so that story really resonated in Israel. That book is a bestseller till today, and mm-hmm. everyone is familiar with that story. In fact, they went on and made a um, a play. Okay. Uh, uh, for, it's a, you know, it's still running. The play is running in Israel. It's very strong. How old was she? 50, 51, something wow. like that. Wow, wow. Well, um, you know, I can only hope that her children, uh, I don't know, gained some insight or compassion or love that was not there before you know what i mean i hope so i hope so i mean religion is is is, is now very i get strong. where all the negative resentments coming from okay you didn't you know, mention that initially but that's something that kind of stays with you know i, I mean look you, people obviously take their own life for various reasons and and you know it's hindsight's twenty twenty when people look at how people should have been or should have reacted and people are coming out of their own fears right that's my own two cents on that but that's that's hard no matter how you slice it correct correct so, but you know I feel like I've had a lot more resentment, and now I'm a lot more uh, at ease. Uh, so uh, if you ask me, I don't feel like I'm full of resentment, but you could hear it every now and then. Right. Okay. Well, I heard it. There but you hey, go. you know what? That's why we're here. We're here to talk about it. I'm not here to therapi- you know, therapeuticize you. Exactly. I'm just here to get the story, uh, right. which I thought was fascinating. And uh, I wish you lots of luck um, with the dating. Do your own mikveh at home or go to a spa. Go to co-ed spa. Uh, that's co-ed so you can sit in the steam room together, which is there nice. In Europe, they always sit together. Here, right. they're so puritanical. You go to Switzerland, you're in the fucking sauna. These German guys in their 60s with their schlong hanging out, sitting there just looking at you. Yeah, my friend just went to, uh, I think it was Norway, and she went to a pool where, where on the website it says, we've recently allowed people to wear bathing suits. Oh, that's right. We've so recently- <laughs> they're just starting to allow it We've now. We've recently allowed clothing. I, if I'm going to steam room, I want to get some. I want Vigo Mortensen sitting in front of me. Oh, yeah. So I can stare. I mean, good guy, right? Wherever that it, is. Yeah. But, oh, you don't yeah. know who he is? Oh. I have no idea. There was that movie he did. Everybody knows Vigo Mortensen. He's fucking hot. But he was in that movie, um, something with promises, Eastern promises. And there's a scene of him running around naked in some sort of fight in the steam room with a bunch of other Russians or something. Oh. And Good God, that guy is fucked. I mean, Jesus, that was, I'm getting turned on, aroused just thinking about it. Um, Israel Ehrenstein, thank you so much for coming. Uh, and and happy, have a happy week. You too. Thank you so much. This is Raylan Casper White signing off. <laughs>